listening to the Impact Interviews from the Martin Agency. Join us as we explore fresh ways to break through the noise, impact culture, and shape the future of advertising. In today's episode, Martin's Chief Strategy Officer, Michael Chapman, sits down with Benita Condit, founder of Create Radical Love, a life coaching and consulting approach for people who want to radically love every aspect of their life. Benita has 20 years of experience supporting and guiding the careers of creative people in the advertising industry. So I'm here with Benita Conde, who is the founder of Create Radical Love, but has done an awesome amount of um, other jobs as well before you got here. And I can't thank you enough for for talking with us. My pleasure. Um, you know, before we get into it, I mean, when I read about the journey that you've had from, you know, uh, being a professional ballet dancer mm-hmm. into um, obviously the next step being advertising, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, then to sort of leave that world behind and then start your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just tell me a little bit about why, you know, why Create Radical Love, you know, happened. You yeah. know, how did you get there? From really a long journey of... Um, intuitively led moments where there was like a real clear pointer in my life like shift Mm -hmm. um but the title the name the words create radical love came from my 17 years in the business up until that point seeing more and more of a sense of love being eroded from my own experience from the experience of managing hundreds of creative people, probably interacting with many hundreds of candidates when I was in the recruiting side of the business, and really seeing people wanting to be seen for their whole self, their whole person. And I think also many organizations talking about wanting a whole person coming Mm -hmm. to the table into their role, whether it's bringing their outside passions in and being very excited that people have those, you know, and seeing their creativity as a thread throughout their whole lives. So the languaging around that was happening on both sides. But what I was experiencing and continue to experience in the work that I do coaching individuals and also employees of creative businesses is a sense that sort of everybody's talking about it and wanting it, but it's not really happening all that often. It's not very easy. It's, it's, it, is, it can be a hard thing to do in our current system, both the current financial system and, and this is global, political system, um, social conditioning. So shorthand term, I and some others in various different parts of my like coaching world use is the matrix. Yeah, right? yeah. We're in this matrixed system that leads us to believe certain things about ourselves and our surroundings and the choices we've made and so in turn then who we are that limit us and put blinders on. And so Create Radical Love is very much about focusing on self. Mm -hmm. Because what I came to see is the systems and the structures are going to shift and change, right? Change is the constant. So accepting some of that is amazing too, Mm -hmm. which is helpful to do when you have a really clear sense of self. And so then I started to see, well, if love is missing from creative businesses, And when I thought about saying that to CEOs of creative businesses, the word love standing on its own felt very soft, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it is one of the most powerful words and experiences of the human 
condition. Right? Well, like creative business, you need the business to make it sort of, I, unfortunately, stand out as right. a viable option for life, <laughs> yeah. sustaining life. Right, right, like how, yeah, it, that piece coming into it, right? Yeah, yeah. Survival in yeah. the midst of being a creative, Correct. right? Yeah, yeah. And um, experiencing a loved life, but yes, then how do I pay the bills, right? Like these things rub up against one another in really cool ways actually, but if we're only in that space of fear, yeah. The I need things to sustain myself, right? And I've got these blinders on and I'm doing what society has told me, then the options can seem very, very limited. And what I started to see was happening was that everybody was feeling really limited. And that the fear coming from what I feel most comfortable calling a predatory capitalist system that is benefiting the few without much of a conscience if you look at the definition of that term, uh, feels kind of right to the experiences that yeah. are coming through to me as I'm working with others and the experience that I've had myself. Right. So if that's the system that we're working in, the fear coming from large multicultural, multi-national um, uh, companies, multicultural companies, um, uh, multifaceted companies and organizations and all of the fear and the concern about growth and being beholden to shareholders and being beholden to profitability in a bottom line, that, that faucet has been opened wide, pouring through to those who are then servicing those companies, corporations, brands, like advertising agencies. And then that faucet of fear is wide open through to the employees and the culture of those organizations. And that is what I saw just open further and further, especially after 2008 and 2009 mm -hmm. uh, and the financial crisis. And then with technology, speed, contraction of costs and fees, all of that I just saw in my time as I was uh, director of creative management and uh, talent at Anomaly, I really started to see it there quite acutely. But even in the two or three years before when I was um, director of creative talent for North America at the talent business, which is an executive placement mm -hmm. firm globally, right? So I was seeing what was happening globally working for an organization like that, which was beautiful to get a like 100,000 foot view perspective. Well, I know it was a real, this is a real problem that's facing a real industry that is not just having impact on this, you know, pred predatory capitalist system, which I'm assuming you're not trying to propagate, but is having you know impact on individuals, and, I, and that's what, when I read some of the that's stuff, the it's like, wait a second, you know, these people are sort of you know capable of so much more than they're even seeing because of the matrix, or seeing because of you know the, the fear that they're feeling. I mean, you know, so you know, unlocking that it must be very emotional, but also very exciting. I mean, is, is the transformation that happens? It is the most rewarding unbelievable experience I've had in all of my years in adulthood, let's say, in like one more in various different professional experiences, hands down the most rewarding. When someone goes from, I can't do that, to, oh, I'm doing it, that a belief can shift like that. And that, a lot of my work now in coaching individuals and working with creative businesses is focused on distancing ourselves from our beliefs that might be holding us back, from our limiting lack beliefs, from the mind that is a fair amount of patterned thinking. Mm. This is not necessarily the truth. Right. Our minds are beautiful, powerful, amazing aspects of the human experience. It's like this incredible 
machine or organ, right, that we have available to us. But if we only believe it and we stop listening to our intuition and our heart and our gut and, like, making decisions or allowing things into our lives and accepting them from, like, a more sensory place rather than just that rational thinking, well, then we're only having a very small conversation with all that exists, with all that is available to us. You know, I was reading a little bit about um, needing to be sort of understanding of, hey, I know there's something more out there or I'm a little bit exhausted by the matrix or the treadmill that I'm on. Mm -hmm. How much do you, um, in your work, do you have to almost allow people to come to that conclusion? I mean, how many people are coming to you like saying, I know it's a problem versus how many people are saying, I think it's a problem, but you need to help them say, Mm -hmm. I am being held back? That's a great question. I would say the larger percentage of the people that I work with are in that catalytic moment, like are maybe at a crossroads, mm-hmm. it might feel, where that where you, one is where there's more buy-in mm-hmm. to listen to your intuition. Like the mind has gotten you so far and you're like, mm, maybe I'm willing to quiet that mind and, and try another way. Yeah, it's just so not that working. that is very helpful when there's that opening. But I also work with people where they, especially um, I work with students at the VCU Brand Center, and I'm also now working with some younger people as they're just starting their careers. And so there isn't that fork in the road. There's actually like a clear, I'm excited about this. It's like preventative medicine. Yes. And they're coming to me because they believe all of these same principles, let's say, or truths. Like, oh, yes, I want to live a wholly loved life. I don't want to feel compartmentalized. I don't want my joy and my excitement about this particular career path to then limit all of those other pieces. So how can I dive into that preventative medicine and create a foundation that I continue to live from? And that has been so exciting. That's been coming more and more recently. One of the themes with some of the people we've talked to over the past week or so or in different episodes has really been about um, not getting into a rut or not letting the rut define you or not, Mm -hmm. you know, letting the um, I I really love the I mean, I know the matrix has been used, but I get the idea that like, wait a second, we create these things. We are creating. I mean, it's created for us, but we're also, you know, creating it constantly. And and the more you get and the more, you know, admit the older you get, you know, the more entrenched you become. How important is it? to actually actively sort of zig and zag? Or is it more about um, doing everything with purpose or is that the same thing? I think if you are truly tapped into and allowing yourself to have that conversation with not the rational mind but the other part of yourself, whether you want to call it your higher self, your consciousness, if you are allowing that space and that conversation to be had, then operating from that place more often. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different ways that one can tap into that. For some people, it might be through exercise. For some people, it's through more practiced meditation. For some people, there's a lot of resistance to that. Um, For others, it's through um, music, through art, through some other creative endeavor, whatever it is that gets you out of that like patterned, more spinning thinking, let's say, repetitive thinking, and into a place of inspiration and then trusting that and having faith in that and I think that's the biggest that's the place where coaching is incredibly valuable and important because then you're holding space for somebody in that moment where they're like I get so excited and inspired about this thing but how could I make a living doing that right and the rational mind comes in and says I need to keep you safe which that in and of itself is not a bad thing but applied to being your own hero and taking a leap in some way that might feel like a leap to a part of your being, 
that's when it's really wonderful to have people around or a person around who's like, you can do this. And it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Think back through all of the different twists and turns of your life. Have they been okay? And that's a bold thing to say in a world where some are not as privileged to maybe have had those experiences where there have been major shift and shifts and turns and there have been safety nets or mm-hmm. there have been people to catch them. Though, I would argue on a grander scale that in each one of those moments, no matter where we are in our life experiencing, following that intuition and taking that leap, whatever the outcome might be, is the is the the moment where you can then allow whatever support from the universe is there to come in. If we're doing it from the mind and we're grasping and we're trying to control and it feels like we're pushing something uphill, I just find it the universe is a little like, eh. You feel like the brakes are pumping in that moment, you know? Yeah. Slow down. Take a look. Um, I think you also do this for organizations, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's looked like maybe it was more about creating an environment where that sort of philosophy extends. But as you know, in, in advertising, we're constantly out in the world trying to help clients to find their purpose and maybe to take a little more risk in, in the world. And to, if you understand who you are, then you know how you're going to behave. Because yep. right now, maybe more than ever, it's not about what you say. It's about what you do. Yes. Um, what advice or what you know you've you've seen this from a personal coaching and a philosophy and certainly working you know in the business what can you take from what you do or what can we take from what you do to help clients understand like look, these aren't risks these are actually necessities these are things that are going to open up new opportunities i love this question it's such a powerful question and this most simple answer is to each individual take the time to look within and ask yourself if you are operating from your highest self, from your highest purpose. If you are doing that, and then from that highest purpose, realizing that we are all here and we are all one, so are you then of service? From that purpose, are you then acting of service to all rather than service to self? If we continue to operate from a service to self place individually, but then obviously we see how that plays out collectively on, in a grand, on grand scale, we will not survive. Like we all need one another. So it's a um, sort of a multi-pronged uh, domino effect. Focus on do you love yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you taking care of yourself? Can you then bring that to your professional life? Can you then bring that into the company or Mm -hmm. the organization that you are then working for? Can then you as a leadership team look at creating a mission from that type of place rather than fear based, again, likely on financial stressors? And then that changes the system. The um, we were talking to Jeff Cottrell the other day, yes. who's the, you know currently at Coca Cola, but was at Converse, and, and the, you know one of the big things that he was talking about was the fact that it's very as advertising communicators, we often say, "What well, I have these things that I want to say, so can I go say them to a group of people who maybe don't necessarily, or let's be up, you know, they don't want to hear what we have to say. You know, they don't wake up every day and wonder what we're going to say." But at Converse, he actually flipped that whole script mm-hmm. to sort of say, like, what, what, how can we help? You know, how can we serve? How can we yes. listen? And I know it's easy to say listen, but literally hear from the collective around us and then, you know, interact with them as opposed to communicate with them. And I found it um, 
so simple, but also, you know, so um, revolutionary at the same time, right? Absolutely, and incredibly powerful. I was gr- incredibly grateful to work at Anomaly while Jeff was still in oh, exa- that's right, the, I forgot. the CMO role at um, Converse and um, got to witness that process in action with him leading the way and being open to let's say what what we feel we need and want to say and what we believe and that it is incredibly powerful I think where the fear comes in is that that might mean then that certain brands should no longer exist I know I oh my god <laughs> we do not endorse this communication <laughs> Um, None of our brands, but some. Of course not. Yeah, right. Um, right, but but there's that, right? So yeah. There's the tension in that. Yeah. So where's the actual truth versus the we're afraid of potentially dying? Because that's what it gets linked to, right? Well, I, mean, I don't have my job. If this brand doesn't succeed, if these people don't have their jobs, then, oh, my God, we will die. Well, and, and organizationally, we struggle with that every single day. Like, okay, so what are these decisions as a collective that we're making? I mean, I find it fascinating, this connection between the individual and the collective. Like, as in all this business is really is a collection of individuals, individuals. right? So yeah, and we are we're, and as an organism, you know, or, or, or organizational organism, we are constantly looking out for balancing that fear versus, you know, progress. Yeah. And I'm not, it would be a fascinating, maybe we'll have you, you have to come, you know, work with us to figure out, you know, when are we acting from a state of love and when are we acting out of a state of fear? Right. Um, Because I think every single day it's happening, you know, back and forth. For each one of us. Yeah, that's right. It's a constant dance, right? And that too, and like the acceptance and the love and the patience allowed for this collective consciousness to be shifting. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And change with, within large groups and organizations does not happen overnight. There can be some, some quicker, more quantum shift moments, but then integrating that change mm-hmm. truly into like it's shifting sort of beings and how they operate or how a brand communicates or the products that it makes or how it makes them. You know, making those types of shifts obviously takes the time that it takes. You've been on this journey. You you obviously have an extraordinary passion for what you're talking about, and it's com- certainly compelling and exciting, and I can almost intuitively see where it could go. But in your mind, <laughs> where do you, you know, it, ultimately it's about impact. You know, you're, you're making a difference. You're changing things. But to what end? I've always been an idealist and have had that kind of uh, sort of no holds barred, like keep going. I, I see the potential. I see the infinite potential in individual beings and in us as a collective. How that ultimate end looks like, I think, is far beyond my wildest dreams. But imagine a world where we do operate from a place of a collective consciousness. I am here making a decision knowing that this will impact others. And I'm going to make a decision not from a place of fear, but from a place of intuition, even though it might seem inconvenient to some others or create fear for some others. But if it is coming from this place of a higher good, then ultimately sort of the shaking out of I am separate from you mm-hmm. becomes less and less and less and just operate across the board from less fear. I, I really, it's almost beyond 
my imagination to see what that might look like. I think I can give you a very tactical example. I've been working with some people out of a leadership group that I've been a part of for the last year on creating a business together. And we all came from a similar belief system around that we are all one and had a and have a particular way in which we can speak with one another where everything's on the table. Mm-hmm. We can talk about as a whole being what's coming up for me today. What am I bringing into this conversation? What are some of the fears that are coming up? Or what was something that I was recently triggered by that's affecting this conversation? We would do that for the first 15 to 20 minutes of the conversation. Sometimes we had just triggered each other, like in the last meeting or the last call or something we hadn't done between that and this next one. Oh, let's get all of that out of the way. Still see that none of us are irreparably damaged from that. Because we are one, we are not separate, we're having this conversation. And then we would get to the, oh, what's happening with the website or what's happening with that document that we're writing and like the nitty gritty of the tasks that we were completing, but out of excitement, out of intuition. And we could say from moment to moment, you know, I know I said I was going to write that thing, but it is no longer speaking to me at all. How many times have we been asked to do a task and just need to like grit our teeth and like get through it, right? And yet it's not inspiring to us at all. We're not going to bring our best selves or our best work to it. So what would the world look like if we operated in organizations and systems and groups of people that was less fraught from the person perspective? Like my person is Mm -hmm. going to be upset if this thing doesn't happen because it creates fear for my sense of self and ego. and It's way more fluid. I can tell you that. Did, Loving. Do you know, I mean, or do you have any great examples or when you look out into the world, do you see either collections of people or individuals that maybe are doing this better than others? That's a great question. I think there are some brands out there that have been held up in terms of those like doing it differently. Um, Patagonia, for one, comes up often. Um, I tend to look more at individual collectives of people or those who are are starting new smaller organizations, especially within um, marketing communications, advertising, where I see people go out and see the challenges of the existing system and then look to approach it just in a completely different way. So more collectives Mm -hmm. that feel a bit more fluid, um, that are operating in a way to solve a brand's problem, but maybe much more quickly. without the overhead but having the client involved from the very beginning it does feel like from what you're talking about that it would be easier to start in a communal collective mind to you know to attack problems that way to start with love you know as opposed to infuse it however a lot of the work that you're doing is sort of either working with organizations that have been around and or people who have been around and you're infusing what's exciting to me is to hit it from all sides quite honestly because I don't, I don't think it is only about changing the existing structures that exist. That's one way, and they're changing whether some people want it to or not, right? So that's just happening. Um, shifting, changing, um, maybe becoming a bit smaller and more nimble. Um, that's just happening. And then, and so working with those organizations in a way to support people to see that love can be infused and let's see how that shifts and changes changes the dynamic. And then also supporting those who are going out on their own. I have a wide range of clients on both ends of that spectrum creating a different way. Well, that then just naturally influences 
some systems and structures that are in place already within the industry. And both ways, it can only yeah, yeah. It, it can only benefit all from that place. And then there's a meeting in the middle. There's interesting different partnerships that that can blossom from that place where there is a similar um, perspective or philosophy or understanding. We need to get you in front of all the top CEOs of the country, <laughs> you know, all the top companies, Let's and do, do this thing and see what happens. Because I bet it would take some time, mm-hmm. but I bet you they'd listen to it. This has been amazing. Is there anything, um, you know, that's next? I mean, I know it, it hadn't been that long since you since you started down this path. Yeah. But are there things that you're doing that you're super excited about that you see in the future that are going to help, you know, fuel this whole thing? Um, absolutely. I am obviously continuing to move forward with Great Radical Love and coaching individuals, working with businesses, working with educational institutions as well. Um, I have just recently launched a program called Epic Sobriety. I'm 12 years sober also, and Amazing. that has been an integral part of my awakening, my knowing of myself, my spiritual path, um, and have found a lot of people on the sober path get to sort of a cap or, or a ceiling in their growth. And there's a lot of fear-based stories around sobriety as well, right? I don't want to, my life is so much better now. I certainly want, wouldn't want to risk that or challenge that. And um, I hired a coach when I left my last agency role and jumped uh, without a plan and then Create Radical Love emerged. And she and I now have partnered in creating Epic Sobriety. So that's just recently launched and we'll see what comes of that. It's currently a private Facebook group where we're sharing a lot of content around what we call the six keys to mm-hmm. an epic sober life beyond that initial awakening. Gotcha. So it's the, you know, people stop at the, I've done it and I'm now, it's almost the, the with, uh, you know, without that, I'm now fully, but you're taking to the next level to yeah, sort of say, like, hey, wait, there's a whole world. So clearly yeah, now, yeah. But where am I still playing small and safe when I might want to live a much more expansive life? That's awesome. So there'll be workshops and um, more content being released more publicly about that. I speak very publicly and openly about my sobriety. I believe that it can only be helpful to others, especially in the corporate executive business world. Um, it's not discussed very often. Um, and yet many people are sober and or struggle with substance abuse. Yeah. Um, so I just put myself out there for that. If anybody wants to reach out to somebody to talk about it, I'm here. And that program exists for those who are, um, we consider people who have about a year of sobriety or more um, in appropriate for them. Um, and then, yeah, additional partnerships and co-creations with creative businesses and individuals. Well, this has been awesome. I applaud and in awe of what you're doing and really appreciate you being here. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Impact Interviews. Love what you heard or hate it? Send us an email and let us know at impact at martinagency.com. And if you love our theme music, I Crush the Mountainside by Space Bomb House Band, Check them out at spacebombrecords.com.